1: are locked on texans your daily houston texans podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: what's going on everybody welcome to a friday edition of the locked on Texans podcast it's a part of the locked on podcast network i am your young, some sports guy hickman before we get into not too late to listen to the ultimate season preview 2021 for previews of every team and every from our local experts and odyssey's nfl experts search ultimate season preview 2021 today on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast and of course it's friday so I say every single day i wouldn't even think about doing this show without the man on the other side of the mirror my boy cody davis welcome
2: Yes, sir. And on this Friday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to be joined by our guy, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 16, to get his thoughts on some roster moves that the Houston Texans did over the week, plus the upcoming game because Sunday is the home opener, the season opener of the Houston Texans 2021 season. And regardless how you feel about the Texans for this upcoming year, at the end of the day football is back baby but to get this friday installment of locked on texans kicked off of course me and john are going to discuss the trade that sent bradley robert to the, to the new orleans saints in exchange for hey a third round pick for this upcoming draft along with a conditional six-round pick for 2023 yesterday john and i did a quick hit talking about this trade and even though we hated to see bradley roby go especially knowing that heading into the season we were we were all excited about this defense and knowing that bradley roby was the team first cornerback just like he had the
0: endorsement exactly he had the endorsement from david early early in the week right Mm -hmm. so Just like David Cully said, you know,
2: they are not shopping anyone. But if it comes to a point where a team will call them asking about one of their veteran players, and it makes sense for the Houston Texans to depart, especially knowing that they are trying to build as much draft capital as possible, they are going to move on from, let's say, every single one of these players.
0: I'm okay with the decision. I think people should be too, especially now that we know the terms. The $8 million that Houston ate for this year its not like Houston was saving money or moving money around in order to go sign a big name now. If that move would have been done early in the offseason, then, yeah, after Nick Cicillo did a very great job, mind you, to getting this team where they are now. Remember when the offseason started when he arrived? The cap for Houston was deplorable. It was in a was terrible, terrible place. Bad, right? Got him in a positive. At one point, I think Houston was like the top half of the league in cap space. After they were the bottom half when he arrived. So if they wanted to bring in somebody that was going to be a little bit more costly than the low-end players that they already have on their roster, you know, those one to two-year players, contracts of 2.5, $3 million, that would have happened early in the offseason. And then you can make a case where why would you build you up to break you down? I'm fine with the trade. And shout out to the New Orleans Saints after week one. They get Roby back. He will be maybe the what, top two corner on the team. I know where this team is headed. They're either riding for Radler, hurting for Howell, or, or winless for Willis. Those are the, if, if those take off, especially winless for Willis or hurting for Howell, you guys heard it here first. But they're in the sweepstakes for one of these top quarterback, quarterbacks, uh, period, coming out of next year's draft.
2: Yes, sir. And, John, you know me. Um, I was really excited that the Texans got a third-round pick, especially for this upcoming draft, because ever since you and I have been doing this podcast, which is now going into our third season, I have been extremely high on the third, on, on the third round. You know, I always say that's the most important round to say whether or not that you had a good draft or not knowing that the Texans was able to get a third round pick back. That was very crucial. I do want to mention before we move on to Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610 with the departure of Bradley Roby. <laughs> Defensive coordinator Lovey Smith came out and said that the Houston Texans will move forward with Terrence Mitchell and Vernon Hargraves as their top two corner for this upcoming season. And as we all know, Desmond King will play that nickel position.
0: Did you know that Bill Bar has nine delicious flavors? When you talk to a Bill Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know about the Bill Bar flavors, you're missing out on flavors, good, good flavors. If you don't know about the Bill Bar flavors, you're missing out on flavors like the coconut, coconut, almond, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter, brownie, double chocolate, salt, caramel. There's something for everyone. If you haven't tried flavors, or you want to go and say, "Well, let me see which one I like the most," you can get a mixed box where you'll get each of the nine flavors. Our Bill Bar flavors tasting, but they're healthy too. Seventeen grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar. Barbs not going to beat that. Go to BillBar.com and you code Lock15, and you'll get percent off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at billbar.com.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Alrighty, Texans fans, as we continue with this Friday installment of Locked On Texans, you know what it is. We got our guy, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Brandon, really quick welcome back to locked on Texans and welcome to our YouTube studio man what you think
3: yeah I appreciate it man live in full effect I, I see the I see the glow up for, for the locked on Texans podcast going from strictly audio to having the, to having the video format to it so so I'm in support of it and uh, and I appreciate y'all for having me uh back once again for a social Friday.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what it is. But Brandon, you know, every single week we got to start off with the biggest news surrounding the Houston Texans. And of course, I got to get your thoughts on the trade of Bradley Roby that sent him to the New Orleans to the New Orleans Saints in exchange for a third round pick and a conditional six round pick for the 2023 draft.
3: Yeah. So the media reaction, Cody was, you know, a little bit of a buzzkill because Bradley Roby is one of the few players on this team that I feel like fans and and observers look forward to watching on a weekly basis. And obviously Bradley Roby was serving the final game of a six game suspension that was levied last season. And so he wasn't going to play week one anyway, but in the back of your mind, you kind of relied on this idea that well at least Bradley Roby will be there and even if you feel like the secondary and particularly the cornerback position is one of weakness for the team, you feel good about having one plus player, one above average player. I don't think that Bradley Roby is necessarily a number one cornerback, but he is an above average player at the position from 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 my vantage point. So it was a bit of a buzzkill to see that you were going to be down one of your better players, and you don't have a lot of guys like that. Bradley Roby, Brandon Cooks, Laramie Tunsil, Zach Cunningham. You know, we we think of Justin Reed as being in that ilk. We feel like uh, Charles Amini, has a potential to be one of those types of players, maybe Lonnie Johnson. But it's not a lot of guys that you feel that way about. Of course, they got the rookies, Nico Collins. You know, Anthony Miller an, is an addition that people are excited about. But Bradley Roby was somebody that you feel like you knew what to expect from, at least from, uh, from an on-field standpoint. So it was a little bit of a letdown. Bigger picture, you totally understand why they would do this. And, yeah, and that's why, for the most part, I'm in in agreement with it because we're at a point now, Cody, and we've talked about this and we all understand this at this point, where it's a complete rebuild, it's a complete fire sale at this point. There is no player on this roster that is untradeable, especially considering the fact that the best player on the roster wants to be traded and is in no way really participating in the team from a competitive standpoint. So when you've got a situation like you have with A, with Deshaun Watson, and B, just the overall state of the team, the state of the franchise. We've heard Nick Casario talking about it being more uh, process-oriented than than outcome-oriented, the the, the way that they look at their goals for the season. When you consider that, there is not a single player on this team that you wouldn't necessarily trade for the right price. And when you consider Bradley Roby, it was odd that we had to wait a little bit over 24 hours to find out what they were getting back for Bradley Roby. But when you consider they're getting a third round pick and a conditional six um, that can fluctuate depending on uh, what happens with Roby and how much he plays and how he plays uh, for the Saints. Um, I mean, I think it's a reasonable deal. I think it's a, a reasonable idea, especially considering where you are. Do I like it from from a standpoint of, of watching the team and how you feel about the team, at least in the immediacy in the right now, which is really all we really have? No, I don't. But do I understand the, the the larger, bigger picture view of it? Certainly. And there's no player, no player on this team. Again, especially considering that Deshaun Watson is 99.9% going to be traded at some point. There's no player on this team that is above that.
2: Hmm. And um, that is why I asked that question to David Cully. I believe that was Tuesday after the, you know, in the midst of the trade. It was either Tuesday or Wednesday in the midst of the trade that went down. I asked him, you know, Are there more veterans that could have the possibility of moving on before the season start or at least, you know, throughout the season? And um, I'm not going to lie, I love David Kelly's answer because, you know, as you know, and you was there, you know, they are not shopping nobody. But if a team calls with the right price, they will not hesitate to move on from that player. Um, Brandon, really quick, before we change topics here, do you... Think there is a what? Who do you think might be the next veteran player that could possibly be on the move? I'm not going to say before the start of the 2021 season because what that's what 48 72 hours away, but at least before the trade deadline gets here, because I'm looking at it from a standpoint of you know it doesn't matter if it's someone like Justin Reed. Um, Brandon Cooks, a guy that me and John had talked about several times here on Locked On Texans. You know, I feel like the Texans are going to continue to make moves all the way up until the the trade deadline.
3: Yeah, my instincts tell me, and I don't have any necessarily any intel on this, but just logic, common sense, and my instincts tell me that Laramie Tunsil and and Zach Cunningham would be the top candidates for that. Uh, A, because they are the best players. Uh, left on the team. You could argue you could could throw Brandon Cook somewhere in the mix of that. But I think where it differs with Cooks is that he has a leadership value that, you know, without me trying to be, uh, you know, trying to be a a cliche bill or anything like that. I I think that they legitimately believe in the goodness of Brandon Cooks uh, in terms of his leadership and his professionalism and what he provides outside of being a very, very good football player. So when you bring all of that together, I think that that's somebody that they probably would prefer to keep around if it comes down to it. Now, if they get the right deal for Brandon Cooks, so I'm not saying that they love Brandon Cooks so much that they wouldn't trade him. But if I had to think of the guys that I would really be on the lookout for, would expect to be traded over, say, the next guy, I would I would put Laramie Tunsil and Zach Cunningham somewhere toward the top, then Justin Reed and Brandon Cook somewhere in the mix as well. You know, aside from that, you know the 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 younger players, like a guy like Titus Howard. You think about that, like that's somebody that you wouldn't think you'd want to trade. Lonnie Johnson, that's somebody that you wouldn't think you'd want to trade. But they also might have some sort of trade value. I mean, for me, those are guys that I that I wouldn't want to see get traded. But some of these older guys with more expensive contracts, uh, guys that have been traded before. Obviously, David Johnson, I don't know if he fits into the mold of caliber player that we're talking about here. When we're talking about older guys and guys that have been paid already or in the, that are getting paid, that's where I would go. Laramie Tunsil and Zach Cunningham, 1A, 1B somewhere at the top, um, and then fit in you know, a Justin Reed and a Brandon Cook somewhere in, you know, in the middle.
2: You made a good point on a Laramie Tunsil. To be honest with you, I never even thought about Tunsil being a trade candidate, but it does make sense, especially now knowing that the original plan, the reason why the Texans got him in the first place was to protect Deshaun Watson because you had your franchise quarterback. Now... You know, given that he has what I believe two more years left on his deal, there's a possibility who's who's he going to be protecting here in Houston? I mean, Davis Mills, maybe, maybe if you go out and get Tua, that that is a good point, and I'm glad that you that you said, Larry McTunsil. Well, um, real quick, I just, I, let me just let me just
3: uh, and add to that, like we we have to think in terms of strategy, the way that they're trying to build the team, and, and, and on the one end, but then on the other side you got to think about the players as well and, and and where they are and the guys who signed up to be a, a part of like think about all of the guys that were on the 2019 team the guys that are still left i know you got You know doubts about Whitney Merciless and things like that because he didn't show us much last year. But think about guys like that Merciless Cunningham, Justin Reed, just guys that have been around long enough to have seen when this team had hope and had a had some promise. You can see why, and even a Brandon Cooks who came into you know thinking that he was going to be playing with Deshaun Watson. He's been a professional about everything, hasn't complained about anything. But you think about guys like that, there might be some amicable splits there where behind the scenes they're saying, hey, I'm going to be a professional. I'm going to come to work, and I'm not, like, demanding a trade. But if you can get me out of here for the right price, get me out of here for the right price.
0: It's that time of year, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to get ready for the football season. (sighs) Smell it in the air. As always, Beto Line is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world-largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at BetOnline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Betting on the Houston Texans, Dallas Cowboys, New Orleans Saints, New England Patriots, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a guessing game. That's if you listen to the new Locked On Best Podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, lee sterling get daily picks blowout specials wrong team favorite picks and lee sterling's lock of the day follow the locked on best podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts
2: welcome back in ladies and gentlemen to a friday installment of locked on texans as you guys see we have our guy or brother mr brandon k scott from sports radio 16 brandon really quick before we start talking about Sunday's season opener against the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, I want to get your thoughts really quick about the signing of Danny Amendola.
3: Yeah, Danny Amendola's signing, I think, is pretty much on brand, par for the course, what you would probably expect. I mean, once you're a team that's trading for Marcus Cannon and signing Ryan Izzo, bringing in Derek Rivers, you know, did uh, Yeah, I mean, when you just look around at all the ties to the to the New England Patriots, you know, I know that Cal McNair early in the year tried to shut down the Patriot South narrative, but I didn't even think that was necessary. I think the whole Patriots South outrage is a little bit overplayed. The thing that 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 people are really upset about from the, the Patriots copycatting is specifically bill o'brien and jack easterby not necessarily the the idea of patriots that were bringing in former patriots but it is on brand because it's what they've done is where they're from you know nick casario spent 20 years there uh you know obviously jack was there with him they got ties there so it it made and they've brought in players from from there you know we heard brandon cooks talk about you know his time playing with Dan, danny Amendola, so it, it, it's of no surprise especially when you consider that Amandola hadn't found anywhere else to be. Where else would he land if nobody wanted Danny, Danny Amandola? other than to land here in a familiar place with the Texans where he knows management and, and coaches and players and is from up the street, uh, up 45 from the Woodlands, you know, a Woodlands product. So, I mean, 35-year-old slot receiver, hard to get excited about it, but he's been a productive player for a long time in the league, and I think that he could – Possibly contribute to the team. It's nothing to get super excited about. I don't think it's something to get super worked up about uh, just because you you know there, there's the patriot ties. I, I I would caution people to not uh, to not work themselves up about that. This is an incremental signing at at, at best. It's providing depth um, behind Anthony Miller, who has an injury history. Now, I do understand somewhat the feeling that hey, you had kiki qt and anthony miller you know at this point in their careers why not keep kiki qt and let him be your backup slot or let he and anthony miller continue to compete for that spot throughout the year and just use them both keep them fresh especially since one or both even have somewhat of an injury history why not keep kiki qt in the mix and I think we talked about this already. It feels like there was more to that than just them cutting Kiki, but but possibly something mutual there of wanting to go in another direction um, from, from both sides. So I, I could see where from the fan standpoint, if you're looking at Kiki UT and maybe you were a fan or, or still optimistic that he could be a really good player for this team, where you would say, man, we just let that guy go a much younger – you know, fresher slot receiver in Kiki. And we, and you know, we're going to add Danny Amendola as our depth at the position. Um, so I, I, I could see that argument, but I don't have a, a huge problem with it. I think he can, uh, I think he can contribute to the team. And again, that leadership I was talking about earlier, from Brandon Cook's guys like that. Mm-hmm. He's a guy like that. So, uh, so it doesn't surprise me at all that they would be interested in a guy like that.
2: And to be honest with you, Brandon, that is the one negative that I don't like about Danny's signing is because well, – I'm not going to lie. I have a a problem that the Texans released Kiki Q T because that yep. was a guy I felt that could still be valuable to the Texans' offense. Plus, when you consider – and me and John talked about this early on in the week that there's a lot of pressure on not just Anthony Miller but for the Texans to make sure that they actually go out – and that he actually go out and perform because I'm looking at this from a standpoint. If they would have kept Q T, that would have given Nick Cirio not one but two guys that they can keep this competitive nature going. And both are in their contract season. And if one outperformed the other, then that is another solid player that you can actually build around. Since we are now entering this rebuild, and whoever is going to be your quarterback, that gives them another solid weapon that they could use opposite of Nico Collins.
3: Yeah, it, it just seemed like they already made their decision on that. You know, like they, you know, my guess again. This is a guess. I want to preface this without, you know, without suggesting that I know for a fact that this is what happened. But the way I see it going is that they decided that Anthony Miller was going to be their main slide guy, and between you know Kiki Q T having just still having a diminished role, and you know, and and him being in this a contract year, I could see where. That would make sense for both sides. to Say, hey, let me go try somewhere else, you know. And I, and I don't like it. I'm with you, Cody. I, I would have preferred to have kept Kiki Utsi. I was always skeptical of how they would keep both anyway, and they traded for Anthony Miller. So when you consider that they invested in that and Kiki, they don't they don't have an investment in. You know, he was drafted, you know, before this regime. You know, it 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 makes it makes sense to me how they would move on, even if. I don't necessarily like it now. Danny Amendola, as a player, I think is solid enough to be productive for you in the slot, especially in the pinch. But the other thing to not forget, Cody, and you—you gonna hate this, my man. I, you know, I, and and forgive me for just being the messenger. You know, I'm not trying to put no pain on you, but we've talked about this, man. They're not trying to win. This is yeah, this is man. process. This is process over results or whatever it was. Exactly. You understand they're not necessarily really trying to be competitive the way we're trying to watch and cover a competitive team. And you get it. I, I mean, I, I I totally get it, but I don't like it. And it's not it, it it's not fun. That's why, Cody, in large part, I'm looking forward to seeing the opponents that's going to be coming in the NRG Stadium <laughs> this year
2: you and these opponents i already saw the opponent that i wanted to see and that was time to go brady and just watching him for those what was it three four drives it was one of the best things i ever seen bro you're gonna you gonna get
3: you gonna get first of all you're gonna get trevor lawrence in his first ever and and urban meyer in their first ever game just as an experiment i don't know how great of a football game it's gonna be but just as an experiment Mm. that's gonna be great to cover cody and then on top of that later on you're gonna get the likes of Russell Wilson, the Matthew Stafford experiment in, 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 in Los Angeles. And by then we'll have a sense for whether that's working or not. So that'll yeah. be really interesting. I mean, we got we got some opportunities to see some pretty good ball, man. I mean, I'm I'm not totally down on it. Uh I'm not as down, I'll tell you this, I'm not as down
2: on the opponents as I am on the home team. Oh, man, uh, speaking of Trevor Lawrence and Urban Myers, as everyone knows, the NFL season for the Houston Texans get kicked off on Sunday. Brandon, I'm going to ask you this one question. The Houston Texans will win Sunday's game if they do what?
3: Oh, man, if they do everything right. Like, if they if they play, I'll say this, because that, that, that is a terrible answer. I'll say if they played the way they did in those preseason games where they were ball mm. hawks and the defense really was the story like the the way i'm looking at this at this game cody honestly is that it, it is going to be up to the defense being opportunistic and and making plays to to kind of set the offense up with a short fit with short field position and, and and maybe even scoring themselves i think that's going to be really important i i, I do not like the matchup you know when i hear people compare the the Jaguars and the Texans they'll talk about the wide receivers who are really good you know and Trevor Lawrence who we expect to be really good and Urban Meyer who we know has been good in college but really for me what I'm what I'm more concerned with I I think that's an interesting matchup between this defense that I expect to be a lot better uh, between uh, you know with with Lovey Smith and and uh, just the attitude toward uh you know att- attacking offenses and, and and causing turnovers i think they're going to be a lot better than last year's if for no re- other reason last year was just so bad it'd be hard to be that bad but my concern more so is the offense the texans offense i should say going against the jaguars defense which i don't think is the 85 bears or or even the early 2000s bears that levy smith coached but but i do think that they're, that they're pretty that they are formidable in comparison to what you have on the Texans side, which I mean, Cody, you know, the biggest takeaway offensively watching these guys in the, in the preseason is just, it's not a lot there. You know, you don't feel like it's a lot there. They said they wanted to run the ball. Only rarely did they run the ball very well. The best guy who ran the ball was Scotty Phillips and they make like, they're not going to play him a lot. You know, the way, the way it sounds, like who, who knows if he's going to even going to be active for the game. So I don't really feel great. About them running the ball, we'll see what that looks like, man. You got these issues at offensive line where they've played musical chairs. You know, your old left guard is your right guard, your old right tackle is your left guard. Uh, you, you, your center and your and your right tackle haven't played football, uh, didn't play football last year. Um, so, I mean, those are issues. If for me, uh, offensively, that, that that's what I'm more worried about is what what is this offense going to do? What are they going? What are they going to look like? And they can prove me wrong, but. I'm a skeptic right now. I feel a lot better about the defense going against a rookie quarterback and a first-year NFL head coach, even though we respect them and believe that they're going to be very good. A lot of us do anyway. um, I I do think that there is room for error in their first regular season game. If there was a time to exploit them or to figure them out, I think it would be now. Now, again, that's a talented quarterback. And like, there's no doubt about it. And Urban Meyer, I I appreciate as a coach, he's adaptable. He is one of the reasons why it's really hard to figure out what they're going to look like offensively because Urban Meyer doesn't necessarily always do the same thing. He, the reason why he's a good coach is because he recognizes what he has and he coaches that, you know, so I, I, I expect, you know, Trevor to, to for it to be a, a lot, Different from the Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson early partnership, where Bill O'Brien was trying to fit Deshaun Watson uh, a, a square peg in a round hole, you know, or I, I guess eventually he did let him loose because he had that big rookie season. But you understand what I'm saying. There were issues there with marrying the system with the player, whereas I don't think that's going to be a problem at all with Urban Meyer and, and, and Trevor Lawrence. So further down the line, like later in the season, Cody, I got them losing in Jacksonville, right? But if they're going to get him, yeah, <laughs> if they're gonna get them, this is the time to get them, you know. And, and I want to clarify too with all of the games that I picked them to win, okay? Because you know people are t- trying to figure out like, how are you picking them to win four games or five games? This team is horrible. I went through that schedule and picked them to win the games that I thought they could win. Me too. They, they could lose any of them, any and all of them. I don't think they're gonna lose all of them. They'll, they'll accidentally win a couple games, but I went and picked the games that I thought that they could win. <laughs> and I'm just trying to be a little bit optimistic and hold a little bit, hold out a little bit of hope for them that they can win a couple of games, keep some morale up, you know, in the locker room and whatnot. So they'll get this game. I think I picked a 17-10 score in in, in what I did with KHOU. So that's where I'm going with it. The defense is the key to the game in terms of whether the the, the Texans win or not. Don't have a whole lot of faith in the offense getting the ball up and down the field.
2: Hmm. Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 16. Brandon, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? Man, follow me
3: at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter. You know, you can get all of your Texans news and updates similar to what you get from 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 my man Cody Davis here. We're pretty much in the trenches there uh, every day. So follow me at Brandon K. Scott. Uh, also, the podcast, the B Block podcast. You can you can find that anywhere you can find this podcast. And, uh, and yeah, man, and, and of course, Sports Radio 16, everything that we're doing there, um, I'll be around. I'm actually hosting on Friday. If y'all listen to this, if y'all catch this before Friday afternoon, I'll be in with Clint Sterner uh, sometime around maybe 3 or 4 o'clock. Just listen to the whole show so you'll catch us, man. There'll be a few of us in there. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you're following all of it, man. Sports Radio 16 at Brandon K. Scott, B Block Podcast, a bunch of ways to get with us.
2: And um, I hope you don't get mad for bringing this up, but you and Big Sarge, y'all got a new podcast that's over yeah. the horizon, huh?
3: Yeah, yeah. We we are working on something. Uh, and, and Sarge just put it out there, suggested a little bit out there in uh, on, on social media that we do something that is AFC South centric and, and themed. Mm-hmm. So we are working on that, uh, hoping to launch that. Um, after the week one games finish up, and we'll we'll recap week one and 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 talk about week two, and and, and kind of just go from there. Uh, Cody, you've been around with me and Sarge going back and forth. You go back and forth with us. We have a good time uh, whenever we meet up. So we're just gonna kind of bring that to the people, kind of like what we do here, uh, but but take more of a bird's eye view on uh, what this division looks like—a uh, division that a lot of people kind of brush aside because it's been awful a lot of times, you know. Um, but but, uh, you know, for us locally, you know, it, it means a lot. All of all of the matchups and their storylines that matter for each team that are relevant for each team. So. Uh, so, yeah, man, I mean, we're just going to kick in and have a good time on top of that uh, like we normally do. So y'all be on the lookout for that, man. Uh, like I said, follow on social media, Brandon K. Scott. And when it come up, you'll you'll see it. you'll know about it.
2: Awesome, awesome, my man. That's going to conclude another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And, of course, my co-host, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Please be sure to follow him at Some Sports Guy on Twitter. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.
0: You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.